Welcome to the Hilo Christmas Special, the last episode of the year, and in fact, good to get it out of the way now, our last until April 2020, as the Hilo is going on maternity leave. I'm having a baby! (laughs) We're recording this the day before the general election. I know it's not coming out until afterwards, so there will be no mention of that in this festive, fun-filled episode. In fact, there'll be no mention of anything, really, except Christmas. And boy, do we have a treat coming up for you later in the episode. It's filthy and it's festive. Get over that old out, baby. Oh, it's cold if I sound a little wearier than last week's episode, Pandora and I are recording straight afterwards, and you may remember that I was suffering from my worst hangover of 2019. However, HRH Pandora has just plied me with Prosecco. So, <laughs> so now she's hungover and drunk. So I might be a little bit more vibey <laughs> in about five minutes. And speaking of vibey, I'd like to kick off with my favourite Christmas news story of all time. And in fact, actually, I know I play a little bit fast and loose with the hyperboles. I can definitively say this is my favourite news story in the history of all time. Hyperboles, plural. <laughs> Better not be about pickled walnuts. Disgusting. Okay, so this took place, I'm going to read from a report, the original story, on December the 12th, 2006. One of the most senior bishops in the Church of England faced his congregation sporting a black eye after admitting that he could not remember being mugged following a drinks reception at the Irish Embassy. The Right Reverend Tom Butler, the Bishop of Southwark, said that he'd been robbed after arriving home with a bump to his head and without his briefcase, crucifix and mobile phone. He reported the losses to the police and mentioned it during the sermon the next day. He said his head was too sw- <laughs> he said his head was too swollen to wear his mitre and he'd had to seek medical attention. But later, after witnesses told an entirely different story of apparently drink-related behaviour, the 66-year-old admitted that he could not remember the details of the incident. Mr Butler had been at the Christmas reception at the Irish Embassy in central London. He stayed for two hours drinking Portuguese wine and left at 9pm to return home. He claims not to remember anything more of the night until he arrived at his house injured and without his personal possessions, including confidential church papers. <laughs> Witnesses, however, appear to have filled in the blanks. They said he ended up on a road near his cathedral at 9.30pm, where he clambered into a stranger's Mercedes and started throwing toys on the road. The car's owner, Paul Sumpter, was playing pool in a bar when he heard his vehicle alarm go off. He ran outside and saw Mr Butler sitting in the back seat throwing out the toys. Mr Sumpter said to him, "'What are you doing in my car?' Mr. Butler replied, I'm the Bishop of Southwark, it's what I do. Now, Dolly, this is hardly a new... <laughs> this is not a new story for you, is it? The Bishop of Southwark, I believe you hold an entire day for this story. We held a party. Me and fellow journalist Helen Neonius, on the 10-year anniversary, made her flat look something a bit like the Irish Embassy. Everyone was invited to bring some Portuguese wine and we all dressed up as bishops. <laughs> And then I forgot, only while researching this piece, that I wrote an entire article about it for the Dolly Mail about why I think we're all the Bishop of Southwark. I think it's highly unlikely that this is the first time you've mentioned it on the highlight. I just think we've been going now for long enough. Don't you think it's the best story of all time? 
I think I'm the Bishop of Southwark, it's what I do, is a, is a great line. I think, I remember, because Helen and I, like, weirdly on the 10-year anniversary, became the, like, faces of the story for some reason. Um, she was interviewed by BuzzFeed News about it, and she said that the reason why it's such a sort of classically English tale and it resonates so much with people is it's all about our fallibility. Is he still the Bishop of Southwark? No. Was no. he demoted after No, that? no, no, but I don't think he's the Bishop of Southwark anymore. <laughs> In fact, he's definitely not. I researched it last night. For you, I have a cracker joke. I'm going to thread these throughout the episode because everyone needs some cool jokes to seduce that guy or gal at work with on top of the photocopier. <laughs> and you'll know when one's coming because you'll hear this. Who hides in a bakery at Christmas? Don't know. A mince spy! <laughs> Have you ever snogged someone at a work party, Dolly? Um, Bear in mind that the work party is just the three of us right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I have. When I worked in TV, I did. Did I? I think I did. Did you? No, never. I always wanted to. I always wanted someone to spirit me away and make us photocopy our bums. Oh, I'd love to photocopy my bum. But I always worked in a 99% female office. Do you have a scanner here? Um, I've got a... I think my printer does. Can I, I photocopy my ass, please? Oh, I don't know if I would want you sitting on it. I don't really have the time to buy a new printer if you please, break it. Please, I really need to. <laughs> I need to. Okay, fine. After, I'll do it after. After the recording, sit on my printer. <laughs> now, have you done a little Christmas shopping, Dolly? I haven't done any. You've d- Look at all those wrapped presents under your tree. Speaking of present ideas, I want to recommend a brilliant Christmas present for anyone looking for funny book ideas for relatives they are fond of but basically know nothing about. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, useful. <laughs> because I really do think you need a useful book for people like that, which is a book that will make everyone laugh. And Painfully British Haikus by Dale Shaw is perfect for that. It's um, exactly what it says it is. It's uh, the British disposition explored humorously through the Japanese art form of haiku. So here's one. Bunting indicates something fun is taking place, but nothing too fun. Bin bag has ruptured. Juice oozes onto slippers. Nearby pigeon laughs. Sickly car boot sale. Desperate smiles from vendors. Flogging body wash. (laughs) Here's another one. In our lexicon, are there three more chilling words? Rail replacement bus. How can pick and mix be so much more expensive than top grade cocaine? My luggage contains the same stuff that I left with, so why won't it fit? I love it. (laughs) So that's all your Christmas present needs fixed. And also ultimate uh, stocking filler. Yeah, perfect stocking filler. For anyone who still does stockings. I wish I'd done a stocking for you. Oh, I would have loved that. Been a tiny bit busy. (laughs) (laughs) What do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? Tinselitis! I want to mention a couple of really brilliant... Um, Christmas specific charity schemes as we often get emails at this time of year from listeners uh, who want to help or donate to a cause in some way as this can be such a difficult 
and lonely time of year for lots of people. Solace Women's Aid are doing an appeal this Christmas to provide support for women who have escaped abusive relationships. Donating £10 could provide a set of fundamental toiletry items for those women who come to Solace with nothing. £20 could help pay for nappies, toys or basic clothing for the children of domestic abuse survivors. £30 could fund vital Solace support groups that help heal the mental scars of domestic abuse. The other one we wanted to mention is Centrepoint, where you can buy a Christmas dinner for a homeless young person by donating just £10. Both of these causes are so easy to do and will make such a huge difference for the recipients and we will link to both of them in the show notes. Bit of a filthy one for you, Dolly. Why does Father Christmas always come through the chimney? Ooh, I'm going to like this. Because he knows better than to try the back door. ho, <laughs> <laughs> ho, an eclectic list of Christmas facts for the many hungover ears listening to us, including the one opposite me, and maybe to relay at work when everyone's struggling a little bit by the coffee machine. Jingle Bells was actually written for Thanksgiving, not Christmas. Really? Zooter law. It was written in 1857 by James Lord Pierpoint and was originally called One Horse Open Sleigh. Mm. Jingle Bells was the correct title, I think. Rudolph's red nose is probably the result of illness. According to Roger Highfield, the author of the book The Physics of Christmas from the Aerodynamics of Reindeer to the Thermodynamics of Turkey. My mum loves this shit. The world's most famous reindeer has a red nose due to a parasitic infection in his respiratory system. Oh, poor Rudolph. This book sounds completely insane. (laughs) I think I've told you this before, but my mum is so obsessed with Christmas. She has Christmas books that she puts in the loo. One of which is Can Reindeer Fly? The Science of Christmas. (laughs) I think that we could have a Christmas mum off. I think my mum would win. I know. You told me there's a a loo roll holder or something, isn't there? I don't know if there's a loo roll holder, but there's definitely festive loo roll. There's a festive clock. There's a festive tablecloth for the kitchen. Uh, She wears a Christmas watch, Christmas socks, Christmas earrings. Christmas watch is A Christmas jumper and a Christmas uh, badge. She has knitted uh, Christmas hats for my children, both born and unborn. And also uh, Christmas pudding hats for my children, both born and unborn. She's such a fan of Christmas trees that that tiny little fake one sitting in front of you with its battery-operated lights, that's uh, from my mother, Dolly. Is it? And so chic. she has knitted an entire... I've definitely said this before. You told me she knitted a nativity and it boggled my men, mind then and it boggles it now. Yeah, and the camels have um, wire in their legs so that they can bend. And the Christmas trees have uh, fairy lights knitted in. But they've passed on to us because you and I, we love Christmas. Love it. Tree went up on the 30th of November. I love how much you love Christmas and all my friends love Christmas. But occasionally I do meet people and they're like, oh, not that bothered. It must be such a fucking long month if you're not that bothered. I really don't mind people being not bothered, but I want you to be not bothered away from me. Yeah, me too. Don't tell me you're not bothered. Back to my facts. Two weeks before Christmas is one of the two most popular times for couples to break up. According to data analysed from Facebook posts and statuses, this is again a highly scientific study, couples are more likely to end their relationship two weeks before Christmas and two weeks after Valentine's Day than any other day of the year. Interesting. I mean, I do have a theory that I've talked about quite extensively that I think December is the best month of the year to be single. Oh, I think most people think that, no? 
It's so people talk about being Fun. single in the summer. It's way better to be single in December. Christmas Day is the least favorite day for breakups. That good. doesn't surprise That's me. That's good. It's quite a lot going on. I heard of a couple who last year broke up on New Year's Day. Nailed it, I think. God, what went down on New Year's Eve? Reset, fresh start. Goodbye. Thank you very much. It's quite a full-on start to the year, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's good, though. The first ever Christmas tree was not a tree, but a construction of goose feathers dyed green. <laughs> really? Speaking of goose feathers, you know you can now rent your Christmas tree. I saw this on the BBC website. You can rent a fake tree. That's a great idea. Yeah. I hadn't ever thought about that before. I love that piney smell, though. Can't get enough of the piney smell. You could just spray it with an air freshener. That's a good idea. Not a bad idea. God, the eco-warriors won't like me for that. I'm very sorry. <laughs> now, this one is mad. I don't know if I've subjected myself to an out-of-season April Fool here, but I've done some extensive Googling, and I think this is legit. According to Vox, which is a US website, Japanese people traditionally eat KFC for Christmas dinner. Yeah, I've read that. So less than 1% of people in Japan are Christian. They're mostly of Buddhist and Shinto faith. But they are very likely to head to KFC, which is the closest thing you can get to Turkey in Japan. And many of them reserve their Christmas party barrels, not buckets, barrels, two months in advance. And there are still queues snaking around the block. According to KFC's Japanese website, this started in the 70s when someone came in looking for Turkey. So in 1974, they launched their Kentucky Is Christmas campaign and they've never looked back. Look at my visual aids. Oh, wow. Look at that barrel. That's quite expensive, you know? That's about $38. Yeah, it's enormous. Funny little salad. And then there's just a sort of very large chocolate cake. I mean, fried chicken's delicious. Nice thing to eat on Christmas Day. I'd prefer it to turkey. No one likes turkey. Some people like turkey. Do you think? Yeah, some people like turkey, some people like Christmas Then why pudding. don't they fucking eat it the rest of the year, then, if they like it so much? Because it's so big. You can get turkey mince and stuff. I just think it's horrible. Yeah, turkey, turkey mince is horrible. I um, I, it's the one time of year I don't, I don't mind. I know a lot of vegetarians say that they miss meat at Christmas. I really don't. I'm so happy with the nut roast. Oh, and the best canapes are the cheesy ones. Cheesy and the salmon. The cheesy bready. Yeah. festive dolls polls for me well it's interesting you should ask that Pandora because yeah <laughs> I think you should because I got a ton in my inbox research commissioned by KP Nuts to celebrate the start of the party season reveals the nation's worst buffet behaviours 80% of Brits agree the buffet is a British institution the buffet etiquette 44% of Brits have started a row with another reveller due to poor buffet etiquette 77% of the nation admit they still love a good old-fashioned spread. The survey revealed a host of do's and don'ts for a modern-day soiree, with 48% deeming pushing into the queue among one of the worst ways to conduct oneself at a buffet table, only second to coughing and sneezing over the table, 58%. The coughing and sneezing can't really be helped. I'm obsessed with this survey. But the pushing in front of, like, family and friends is, uh, like, a bit weird, The detail that I'm obsessed with is when it says 80% of Brits say the buffet is a British institution. Do they say it or did you say it to them? <laughs> did you give them two choices? <laughs> and did they say yes or no? <laughs> the research also found Brits believe it only polite to wait for at least five minutes after the food is laid out before heading over to help yourself. 
I definitely do that. I put on the mental timer. A second trip to the table is okay, but a third is seen as greedy. Not sure if I agree with that. And 17% of Brits agree that asking someone to go up for you again is totally unacceptable. And the survey reveals the foods which have lost favour on a great British buffet table. Now, this is sad, actually. They include cheese and pineapple on sticks. I knew you were going to say that. But is that a Christmas food? Mm, it's like a buffet. It's like a, yeah. Okay. Trifle. Mm. Love a bit of trifle. Mm. Coronation chicken. I absolutely love coronation Delicious. chicken. It's my mum's favourite. And volivants emerging on the list of finger foods which have been consigned to buffet history. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure that M&S still make a volivant canapé. Yeah, they do. And I'm pretty sure my mum buys it in the medley. On Christmas Eve, I think, I'm not spending Christmas this year with my family, but I'm pretty sure that the only food my mother provides on Christmas Eve is canapés. Yeah. And I believe that there were several volivants over several different meal times, really, actually. Volivant is a very... My mum loves a volivant. It's very uh, Pamela Jones, Bridget Jones's mum, isn't it, a volivant? It's all... Everything you were saying makes me think of the Bridget Jones Christmas party. Yeah. Just yeah. all of it. The modern-day table is more likely to apparently feature smoked salmon, pork pies and sourdough bread. Sourdough bread? Put your head in the bin. <laughs> in, like, dullage. I agree. I agree. So It's a pack of lies. Did Rudolph go to school? I don't know. No, he was elf taught. Like that one. (laughs) Time for another poll. Leading recycling company First Mile is urging people in the UK to be more aware of how they're being wasteful with wrapping paper. First Mile first launched its Cut the Wrap campaign last year to encourage greener Christmas wrapping choices set against the backdrop of figures, this is insane, suggesting over 227,000 miles of wrapping paper is thrown away every year, enough to wrap around the Earth's equator nine times. Christmas wrapping paper often can't be recycled as it's regularly plastic-based, dyed, laminated and decorated with non-paper additives such as glitter. I didn't know that. I thought it was all recyclable. Me too. But listen to their suggestion, I think is a great idea. The Cut the Wrap campaign mission is to spread awareness and inspire customers to get creative when it comes to wrapping, choosing eco-friendly alternatives such as newspapers and magazines, recycled brown paper and cloth. I think that's a nice idea. I like recycled brown paper. What about tissue paper? Is that recyclable? Dunno. Quite like tissue paper. It really did make me think about what wrapping paper I buy now. I can't quite believe we could wrap up the world nine times. I know. It's mad, that statistic, isn't it? How long do you think it would take? Should we give it a go? Why did Santa go to the strip club? Don't know. To visit all of his ho ho hos. Brilliant. Rocking around Christmas tree at the Christmas party It's time for the best poll yet. The nation is divided in its opinion on mashed potato at Christmas. Stats reveal you're more likely to want mash on your Christmas dinner plate if you live in the north of Britain compared to the south. Those living in the northeast are most likely to choose mashed potato, with three quarters of residents picking it as part of their perfect plate. With only one in five people living in the southeast consider it a crucial part of their Christmas dinner. So, what would they have instead? Roast. Roast. Okay. So, I found this a staggering piece of information. I would prefer fried potatoes or dauphinois, but you know, that's not part of the service. I, I actually mashed potato is my favourite type of potato, and I would have mashed potato on my Christmas plate. I just didn't even think that was an option. 
I don't actually think that my mum does one way or the other way. I remember one year, no one ate the mashed potato because, and I think I've told you this before. So you've had mashed potato She dyed it red and green. Oh my God. It's very easy to dye it. It's less easy to eat it. So yes, I think so. I've just never heard of this before. It's roasties or nothing. Are you the same, and Joel? parsnip mash she's done before. Oof, not a fan. Oh, I like parsnip mash. Do you? We've got Joel in to cover our producer, DJ CJ. And you haven't heard of mashed potato on a Christmas plate, have you? Absolutely not. Well, I have. I have. Oh, I'd love a bit of both. Famously, on my the day after my 27th birthday, when I was so hungover, yeah, I went to a restaurant. How many potatoes did you eat? It wasn't how many I ate. I ordered a jacket potato with a side of mash. <laughs> Isn't your, like, roast potato record? 17 roast potatoes on Christmas Day, yeah. Is that a whole plate? No, it's over the course of a day. So you would just snack like it was, like, a tangerine or something? You'd just grab one and go back to the sitting room or whatever? Absolutely, yeah. Cold? Yeah. Dip them in anything? Uh, no, I'm a bit of a purist. I just love a roast potato. I love potatoes. I'm a bit of a purist. <laughs> This is actually my all-time favourite cracker joke. What lies... Actually, just joke. Just joke. What lies at the bottom of the sea, shivering? I don't know. A nervous wreck. Very funny. Very good. Taking a long time. (laughs) And now for the festive filth you've all been waiting for. Dolly was just the warm-up. Dolly went to visit our favourite satirical agony aunts to pick their brains over some festive conundrums. It's the one, well, actually the two, and only Joan and Jerrica. Take it away, Dolly. Joan and Jerrica, it's so lovely to meet you. I wanted to ask a bit about you two and your relationship. Can you tell me how you two met? Well, I think we met actually jogging, didn't we? Yes, I'm, you may know um, from listening to our show that I'm a very keen outdoor swimmer. Mm. Um, And Joan, uh, when she's in London, and obviously now we're up in uh, beautiful Glamorganshire. Yes, thanks for making the journey. Yes, it's very wonderful of you and the team. Yes. Um, Thank you so much, all of you, for schlepping up. Super Um, to have a man around as well. Yes, the odd man. Can't go wrong with the odd man around the place. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I was out swimming wild swimming up and down Regent Canal and Joan was running past yes jogging along um, the toolpath and I, I saw a lady flailing about yeah, I think you'd craft. swallowed something I swallowed it? something and hit a craft yes. I'd actually swallowed a tampon um, and hit a craft um, and all hell had broken loose it was lodged in my throat um, there was nobody about there was a dog sort of swimming over the other side and an owner big gnawing everything as they often do I'm afraid these I mean tampons are renowned for the, you have those difficult times when it, you've lost the string it's all knotted up somewhere you can't get it out and it was the same when you threw that was it and of course they, as we it. know they, it, was a, it was a super plus it swelled right up in the throat took all the moisture out of the gullet um, and I was barely able to speak Joan bless her um, despite the fact that she had these wonderful pink uh, trainers on jump straight in didn't you I did I didn't think twice no, I really didn't and I had some tongs in my bag and I just ordered some from uh, John Lewis and I a, eyebrow Yes, uh, the big ones, because I had very bushy brows at that point. Mm. I'd had a, another transplant done. But uh, yes, I absolutely managed to get it out, and mm. Uh, mm. it just bonded us, really, Fun didn't friends it? thereafter, yes, really. Yes. Yes. So in a nutshell, that's how we met. <laughs> and can you tell me about how you decided, how you got into that agony-aunting line of work? 
Well, you know, I think uh, Joan and I have both had experience over the years. People sort of are very drawn to us. Very, uh, They're very aware that we're very caring and very... Yes, uh, I think it's the listening ear, isn't yes. it? Um, if I'm at a party, I'm always joining in with conversations mm. and listening to people's problems mm. and mm. so forth. And obviously, in the case of Jerrica, it's like a big warm hug, isn't it, when you talk Indeed. to people? Yes, it's, I think people are very, very drawn to me. Uh, women as well as men, I mean... Sort of earth mother character, exactly. really. Exactly, and of course, I've historically written all these books on depression um, so people feel free to come up to me and uh, tell me about their difficulties and I, you know, I can't spare an enormous amount of time but I do try and give as much as I can Yeah, and I think I've had five marriages and uh, you know, that does give you a little bit of experience Yes, it certainly uh, does Matches the heart and yes. uh, down below Indeed Can you tell me what it is about each other that you admire and respect? Well, certainly with Jerrica, her height is lovely. I've always talked about your slender ankles. Mm. Um, mm. They're so graceful and beautiful. But yeah. So it's not just the physical. Um, although, you know, I always feel with Jerrica, she's like a sort of uh, one of those Duracell batteries. She's always buzzing yes. and lively and uh, yes, always I'm... up to some sport. She's like spider women climbing up walls and yes. all the rest of it. And I suppose, yes, just the the warmth it's the warmth mm, thank you yes appreciate that and uh, of course similarly with with Joan she's a wonderful wonderful role model for so many lovely women um, she looks fabulous she, she won't step out of the house without a total and utter um, wonderful uh, makeover shall we say almost mm-hmm. Joan and she's got a wonderful team that puts the look together obviously she chooses uh, what she puts on but uh, you know yes I have to usually between four and six people helping me to create mm. every look that I have and I, and I have several through the day mm. uh, probably a bit like Victoria Beckham or somebody who you know needs to always be um, photo ready that's important it's part of the image isn't it Joan and similarly with you um, uh, you know obviously I look after myself and as Joan says I particularly take particular care with my ankles um, those are one of my best features and I've worked extensively on those um, you've done modelling haven't you I've that? indeed I do um, ankle modelling mm. uh, as a sideline just for fun really I don't need the money yeah um, but uh, there we go. As a single woman this December, this Christmas... Oh, I'm so sorry. I was wondering if you two had any tips on how uh, single women could meet people. Oh, goodness. I think, first of all, it's alarming that anybody's single. There's no need. There, it is, it's, it's an unnatural position to be in and... Mm. Uh, it's almost like an illness, really. Yes, it's a, it is a modern illness, mm. I think, mm. Joan. I think you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head there. So I would say you're in serious trouble. You need to see a GP mm. uh, about what's going on for you if that's happening. Yes, I'd say get a physical checkup really, first, because it may be that, uh, unknown to you, um, you've got something going on that's actually steering these poor guys away. You know, so sort of unspoken virus that's emitting these sort of negative ions towards people. Indeed. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's about, you know, you've got to think about it really like a, uh, attracting a horse you know if you're on a, p- in a field you want to get a horse over to you pop a little bit of sugar in your palm and just hold it out and the horse will come over and nudge exactly. and nibble so up what does a man want well he probably wants some meat really so you probably need to be going out <coughs> into crowded places Carrying where men meat. are whether that's a hospital 
um, I don't know where men go. Uh, I mean, pubs, fields, pubs, yes, pub um, towers. I go with some meat, cooked or otherwise. It really doesn't matter. Yes, absolutely. Go into an office building. There's plenty of gents around in office buildings. Take in some meaty plenty snacks. Plenty of makeup. Um, make sure your hair is as big as possible because you want to be noticed. Yes, yes. Um, and you need to. I mean, very simple, old-fashioned things such as making your breasts as obvious as possible. Mm. Your bottom. All parts of mm. the, the, the mm. sexual parts. Of the Absolutely. Body. And uh, nice, tight, tight, tight clothing. Um, you want to be wearing perfume. You want to be very heavily made up. Um, and then I'd say, yes, run around some office buildings with some meaty snacks. And uh, I don't think it'd be long before you've got somebody sniffing around you in the field, as it were. Do you have any tips for anyone who's worried about the intensity of a family Christmas all spent together under one roof. Do you have any tips for how families can kind of make things easier and get on easier with each other? Well, I think, as always, this comes down to the ladies needing to bear the brunt of any tensions that are happening within a family and look to themselves as to why that's happening. Um, Hubby will have had a difficult year working. I'll be very tired and frustrated. So, obviously, you need to... I mean, having sexual intercourse is probably the key first to on, all these yes, things. Yes, first thing it? on Christmas morning, I'd say. During um, the night, Christmas Eve, if you yes. can get two or three in during yes. the night. So obviously you've got to plan ahead, you make a, a list, you put that on your list, um, you know, mix and match it a bit, Some, you know, plan for perhaps a little bit of oral in the morning, um, some anal perhaps around uh, coffee time, um, you know, some fumbling under the table around the, around the Christmas dinner. You can always do a quick hand job at the it, Christmas dinner, every, can't you? There's, there's no need can. to be... There's no, there's, unless so you've you're got, putting a cracker under the table or something. It, unless you've got severe hand problems, um, you know, you're going to be able to do that. Um, you can always borrow an elderly relative's hand if, they, if you can't manage and I'm sure there's someone there who you know doesn't know it's Christmas at all indeed and that indeed. would work indeed or if people are very drunk they won't know what they're doing and they certainly won't remember um, so yes ply the guests with plenty of booze and uh, but as Joan says it's really the lady's responsibility to yes, keep everybody and of course the booze can lead to fights can they family fights yes fist fights yes um, I would say on the whole you should let those happen yes um, but they ca- sometimes need to be contained indeed um, indeed and sort of morphed into a game of charades if you can mm. sort of swing it round mm. um, Um, But yes, again, your responsibility as the lady of the house. I've got one more question. Joan, do you need to change? I will have to change for the next question because I I don't want to bore anybody with my outfits. So I'm just going to ask Gulchi to uh, slip me into my next uh, outfit. Oh, there we are then. That's okay. That's quick. (laughs) Only an hour and a half. Yes. Wonderful. Sorry. Do carry on. Can I ask you both what your plans are for Christmas this year? Well, I, as uh, listeners may know, sadly have both my husband in and out of a coma and my mother. So uh, I'm a little bit tied, um, but obviously for my own mental health, I need to get away. So I'm going to be in Antigua with a couple of male friends, um, just living it up um, on a private island that uh, is part of Antigua, Johnny Depp, I'm not name dropping, but it's it's something that he's invited me to. Oh, so. Johnny, lovely Johnny. Yes. He's wonderful, isn't he? And and may I say, Joan, entirely, entirely deserved. Well, you know, happy mum, happy 
everybody around well, her. Well, in your case, absolutely, absolutely, Joan. And uh, for me, um, it's going to be a, an interesting Christmas. A Cardinal's invited um, 40 friends. Um, she sort of rather imposed it on me, but anyway. All I, lesbians? Uh, or? Uh, I believe so, mm-hmm. yes. Um, so it's going to be quite a party. Um, Philip, my husband, is uh, he's away um, on business. They don't uh, celebrate uh, the same time of year as, as we do in, in, in uh, Thailand. In Thailand. Um, it's different holidays and what have you. So he's unfortunately going to be... Uh, uh, sort of, you know, embroiled in all sorts of business. He always has lovely videos with the oh, lads, doesn't he? Fun. Yes, lots of fun. Boys, lots so. of fun. Uh, fun on the beach and, uh, yeah, sort of rounders between meetings and uh, group hugs and goodness knows what. Anyway, um, you know, it's wonderful. I'm very proud of him. He's doing a tremendous job. Um, well, he's devoted, isn't he? He's oh, yes. never back well, because he just wants to help these hundreds of young boys mm. over in Thailand. Mm. You know, it's, it's a lifetime's work. Joan and Jerrica, thank you so much for speaking with the Hilo. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much for listening to the Hilo Christmas special. Thank you very much for listening to the Hilo Full Stop. Have the merriest of Christmases, the wonderfulest of New Year's. We are now out of the office until April 2020, and we can't wait to talk to you then. We'll miss you guys. Bye. I'm driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. I'm driving home for Christmas. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.